We play for bravery. We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed, disease in remission, stories rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org. Hey everyone, Robert Silver here, asking a question in each episode, Am I Crazy? by tackling the most sensitive topics of the day. From politics to fitness, fashion to food, music and entertainment, I'll be exploring it all. And remember, it's never personal, it's perspective. Today, I want to ask, do Americans love being obese or am I crazy? To help me better understand the physical and fitness trends that Americans undergo to stay in shape, I have my friend and special guest, former bodybuilding uh, competitor, professional fitness trainer and Pilates instructor, Daniel Duffy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, It's been some time and I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, happy to be here. So as you could tell, I want to talk about America's interesting relationship with obesity or just being overweight in general. And uh, But before we get to that, let's... Uh, tell the audience a little bit about you. First of all, I love your story and how you got into being a fitness trainer, uh, especially the uh, bodybuilding competitor part. Uh, Can you share your story and your fitness background with the listeners? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. So um, my fitness journey really, really, truly started right after I had my son. And, you know, um, when you're pregnant, your body's going to change. And mine changed a whole lot. I I got to about 210 pounds. So think about prior to that, I was only about 130. So um, heaviest I've ever been in my life. And after I had my son, I decided I I need to do something about this. So that's how my fitness journey started. And And when when you were uh, at your... Should I say lowest point or (laughs) or the heaviest point? Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, But when you were at that point, how did you feel like emotionally, physically, et cetera? Like what were you going through? You know, to be honest, and I say this a lot is I um, really think I was suffering from from postpartum and that aided to my weight gain, kind of just feeling down and just hormones are crazy and that aided in the weight gain as well. So finding fitness helped me overcome that as well as the weight loss. So mental and physical. What were some like bad habits that you were battling? Um, Stress eating, stress eating, not caring about what I was eating, how much I was eating, just about, you know, how eating made me feel. And I felt good after eating. What was the epiphany? Like, what was it that was like, yo, I got to wake up. I got to change this. What was that? Um, I, I, you know, I don't think it was like a one day thing. It was a gradual thing. And it was like me wanting to be healthy now, not just for me, but for a person that I brought into this life. So, you know, wanting to be healthy and then living a long life for my son. So your son really was that like that, the anchor to this journey, if you will, like that's what kept yeah. you grounded. Yeah, definitely. And still is, still is, as I am now getting older, maintaining, 
you know, fitness is a part of your life. It's not going to be, I just want to get to a weight goal and stop. So mm. as far as maintaining it as well, it's, it's a constant motivation. Now, when it came to, you know, getting in shape is one thing, but how did you get into like bodybuilding competitions? Like that, I don't see that every day. Yeah. You know, I, so I started my fitness journey. I'm going to the gym every day. I went to San Jose State. I would work at Bally. So I started working in fitness because I was really into it and I wanted to lose weight. And I was working at Bally's and I saw a, a gal that would come in every day. And I've never seen any woman that muscular like in person. This was only something you would see in a magazine and in a photo. And I got the nerve to speak to her one day and she said that she competes. And she's like, you could totally do it. And she kind of gave me the encouragement to do a show. And I thought, you know what? I have a goal in mind anyways. I want to lose all this weight. I want to be in the best shape I could possibly be. And I like a good challenge. I think the competitiveness in me kind of drove me to try it. And I just went all in. I'm the type of person, if I'm super focused on something, I'm just going to go all in. I signed up and I'm like, let's go. So I, I did have help though. I had that little, encourage. sometimes all it takes is like one person to encourage you and kind of, you know, give you that validation. Like you could do it. Cause I never thought I could. From your experience, what was the biggest takeaway for, for you? Um, I think it was, um, being consistent and following through mm. being consistent, following through. And I did it and I was able to do it on my own. That was my takeaway. I could really do it. And I did it on my own. Is that something you still like instill in yourself? Like still, you know, that lesson you still apply today? Yeah. Those things. Yeah, definitely. If you stick your mind to it, you can definitely do it. There were so many moments during the competition. I felt like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I did it. And I kept doing it. I did multiple shows. So yeah, you definitely can do something if you put your mind to it. Here's the thing. Like when I see successful people, it's hard to imagine that they've gone through struggles because they look great, right? Or they're living the best life. What are some obstacles for you that you see your clients struggling with? What are some of the biggest obstacles that you see them going through? And how do you relate to it? Um, the bi biggest obstacle I see clients, and I think I went through it as well, is just never being satisfied. So maybe you gave it all you had, or, or maybe you didn't, but never being truly happy with the results. So I don't know if you have this image in your head of what you want to look like. And if you don't look that way, or the odd thing is maybe you do look that way, but when you look in the mirror, you visualize, visualize something else, or maybe you still see the old you, but just truly being happy with your results, knowing as long as you gave it 110% um, and you're consistent and you're the best that you could be, this is the outcome you know, that we're going to get and being happy with that. Right on. So I think like, just never being happy. Right. And that's a common you. thing. A lot of people are just never happy. So, with, with their so it sounds like almost like celebrate the, the, the even small successes. You right. Get. Exactly. Fun fact. All right. Obesity in the United States is a major health issue resulting in numerous diseases, specifically increased risk of certain types of cancer, coronary artery disease, type two diabetes, stroke, cardiovascular disease, as well as significant increases in early mortality and economic cost. I understand that this is a serious chronic and progressive condition that requires long-term medical management. Today, we don't expect to give you the answer to obesity. I recommend you contacting your medical physician for professional medical advice. 
what we're going to be doing is concentrating on uh, on today is the physical activity factor or the lack thereof that impacts obesity. Now, what is obesity, you may ask? The World Health Organization defines overweight as a BMI, a body mass index, greater than or equal to 25, while obesity is defined as a BMI greater than or equal to 30. Now, with that said, let's talk about what is the real financial cost of obesity versus being fit. It shouldn't be a surprise that people with obesity in the United States have higher health care costs than those of normal weight. According to RethinkObesity.com, roughly 108 million adults in the U.S. are living with obesity. Those who suffer from obesity tend to spend 27% more on physician visits and outpatient costs, 46% more in uh, in inpatient costs, and spend 80% more on prescription costs. It costs to be out of shape. That's basically what it's saying. Uh, Now, with that said, Danielle, what is your relationship with weight like after you had your child? What was your like your immediate response as you started to notice your change from 130? Like, does that make sense? Like, what was your relationship like your daily relationship like dealing with that? Oh, it was very uh, stressful. Um, you talk about having all of the health conditions. I had preeclampsia when I was pregnant and I, I didn't have a healthy pregnancy and that could have been aided to the, the gain and all the weight. Right. So maybe mm. if I worked out a little bit more, was more cautious about my weight during my pregnancy, might have had a smoother delivery. That's very important. And I stress that to women that are pregnant, that working out is very important. It's going to help you with your postpartum recovery. But um, the relationship with the weight after I had my child was depression. Like it made me depressed and fitness helped me find my way out of that. So like even in the moment when you're realizing it, did it seem hopeless for at a moment? Like, oh, yeah, I was at the point. I don't think anyone today has a picture of me pregnant. Like I refuse to take pictures. (laughs) I don't I have no record of besides like having a living son. Like I don't have any record of ever being pregnant. So like I would hide from every camera. Um, I had no mirrors in my apartment. Like it was very serious. I just would not look into a mirror. It's kind of like you're in denial too, right? Gotcha. So yeah, it, it seems like it almost paralyzes you. Yeah. Uh, socially in many, in many cases. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> from someone suffering from obesity, how do you assess as a professional fitness trainer, what kind of fitness program works for them? Um, something I do know is that it's going to be different for every single person, every single person. I encourage people to find something that works for you. What do you enjoy doing? Do you like music? Maybe you're going to go and take dance classes. Do you like um, letting some aggression out, maybe through boxing or a type of martial arts. Maybe you like lifting weights. You have to find an outlet that works for you, and it's different for everyone. Not everyone's going to like spin. Not everyone's going to like Pilates. You, you really have to just put the effort into trying to find something that you enjoy doing. Maybe you just like going out for hikes every weekend, and, and that's a start. That's, that's finding what works for you. And most people have one thing they're kind of passionate about, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I really, you know, I used to rollerblade when I was younger and that's coming back now too. So just, you really have to 
have that conversation and break down the psyche part of it, right? What makes you happy? What do you enjoy doing? Because fitness should be happy. It has to be something that becomes a part of your life, a part of your regular routine. So we got to find out what will keep you physically active that you enjoy doing. And motivated too, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. With inflation, rising housing costs, and stagnant wages, how should someone think about the cost of fitness, you know, classes and personal trainers, et cetera? Right, that's a tough one because you, you do have to budget it in sometimes into your monthly. And, and I completely understand, hey, coming from a trainer, we've lost many clients over the last years due to inflation and, and COVID. You know, priority isn't paying a trainer. Priority is going to be paying bills and rent and, and now gas, right? But um, if it's something important to you, you know, you find a way. And there's so many outlets now. I tell people that can no longer train with me, like, hey, there's YouTube. Do you have a phone? You can find a workout video on your phone. Again, finding what works for you. There's walking groups. There's running groups. There's meetups. There, there's always an outlet. There's always another way we, we can get there and I always encourage even past clients I don't work with anymore. Let's find other ways to keep you active. So the most yeah. important thing is get active. Yeah. Get definitely. your ass up. Definitely. Okay. Awesome. Now, how do you think media plays uh, in America's view on being overweight with images like music artist Lizzo and other negative connotations? And, uh, and, and I guess we'll talk about body shaming in a second yeah. and what that means. It, it just seems like recently you just have to find that that gr there's this gray area, right? You want people to be confident and comfortable in their own skin and in their body. But there's a point to where it's 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 not healthy for you. And we're in this new era where you mentioned Lizzo, where she promotes being overweight, being unhealthy. And if anyone says anything about it, now you're body shaming or but at the end of the day, um, it's not healthy to be overweight. It so never, you, you, I don't know yeah. when medical, when in history it was yeah. medically prescribed to be overweight. And that's great that I, I think there's a shift, like you want people to be comfortable in their own skin. And I'm talking about like, there's, like you said, there's a difference between being overweight and being over, obese, or you're seeing more like plus size models and whatnot. Cause the average woman is like a size eight or 10. Right. And that's wonderful. We are seeing more of that. So I'm talking the more extreme example, like you're using Lizzo as an example who, is not overweight, who is obese and very unhealthy. And, and is glorified for it. And is it's promoting that to young totally. people where it's not it's not healthy to be that overweight. And I totally understand you should like the way you look and feel good in your own body. But you do want to be aware of medical conditions as and well. And social conditions. Um you know, it's real. Men are that's not their first choice. I mean, statistically, it's becoming more it's comfortable, not, it's I guess. A, it's a, but it's men are not going to choose women yeah. that that operate with that lack of self awareness in terms of like, yeah, your yeah. your physical uh, value, like your image, matters yeah. to men. And uh, taking someone who's worth several million dollars and telling poor girls that that's okay is actually dooming them for failure in and relationships. And then it's vice versa. So then you have, yeah. you know, Instagram models or that's right. The Kim Kardashians who obtain a body through surgery or extreme conditions. And then you create this unrealistic look for just the everyday female who, you know, their body's not going to look like that. I, I really try to get clients to think of 
fitness is not a body image, but mm. inside, like how healthy are you inside? Mm. And then if you're healthy inside, it will flow out to the extremities, right? If your heart is healthy, your cardiovascular strength, you have low body fat, the outside will look good. Totally. Let's worry about the inside and, gotcha. then, and then see where that leads you. How's your blood pressure? How's your sugar levels? Um, how's your mental state? But focus on the inside and then the outside will come along with that. That's just a plus. That's a perk, so you're right? Basically, you may physically like how you look more, but, but it's really the more. manifestation of the inner positivity. Yeah. I, I try to get people to really focus on that because nowadays it's like, I just want a big butt. I just want a big butt. And it's like, well, that's great. But what shout about, out to big butts. What about, you know, just being healthy, feeling good, getting good sleep, being energized. Um, if you work out, you know, you have more energy, yeah. you're less stressed and, you know, you're going to feel better. And and think about all those positive things instead of just focusing on, oh, I want a big butt like I see on Instagram or I want to physically look like this by all means, no matter what. Or I just want to target one area. And oh, you get really that a lot? That either, you get that a lot? Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Okay, so aside from butts, which is what I see all the time at the yeah. gym too, Yeah. Um, what what are some other areas that women are like, I, you know, what are some problem areas that you The waist is always, I just want to get rid of my, my, my waist, my mm. belly fat. So waist trainers came into play recently. Those are just a waste of it? money, but. Yeah, I, I <laughs> thought about The waist trainers that. came is, into play, but I tell people um, if you want to lose you know, belly fat, just focus on your diet. What are you eating? How much sugar are you eating? How much fat are you eating? Um, how many carbs are you eating? I'm, that's what I'm doing when I'm cutting for a show. I just have to be more aware of what I'm putting in my body. Um, how much fat, how many carbs, how much sugar. And you really have to be aware of what you're putting in your body. Cause, um, if you can zone in on your diet and get that in check, I mean, what 80% of weight is weight loss is through diet anyway. 80%. About 80%. Wow. It's going to be diet. But it sounds like a lot of effort. Yeah. Discipline is required to Definitely. do that. Fun fact, uh, before we get into topic number two, the obesity rate has steadily increased since the initial, uh, since the initial study recording in 1962 of 23%. By 2014, figures from the CDC found that more than one third Okay, about 36.5% of U.S. adults and 70% of children were obese. The National Center for Health Statistics at the CDC showed in their most up-to-date statistics that 42.4% of U.S. adults were obese as of 2017-2018, 43% for men and 419 for women. According to research done by the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, it is estimated that around 40% of Americans are considered obese and 18% are considered severely obese as of 2019. With that said, why are Americans getting heavier? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, clothes is more expensive. Like every, It just doesn't make any logical sense to me. So what are some factors that you see for Americans getting heavier? Um, I think well, there's so many factors. I think it's what we're eating. Um, you know, it costs more sometimes to eat healthier or depending on where you live. Like if we're just here in Oakland, I don't think I saw a grocery store the last 10 miles, <laughs> but there's like 20 food liquor deserts. stores, right? So um, resources, like where can we get healthy food? It's social media, regular media right every mcdonald's commercial is going to promote to the black community latino community every fast food company promotes 
to people of color. What are, um, so you're getting that aspect of it, the mm-hmm. lack of fitness in school. Mm-hmm. So we're already teaching our kids at a young age that physical health isn't as important as maybe learning coding or some other kind of technical. Yeah, I think technology course. plays a role. Yeah, a lot most of schools. Yeah, only on their screen once a week. Yeah, they're on their screen more. That plays a role. A lot of kids aren't outside playing. They're on their phones. Um, accepting. It's accepted more to be overweight. Mm. Never going to say it's okay to bully or make fun of someone because they're overweight. But we're accepting it more, right? When you mentioned Lizzo, she's an icon. So people now who may have went out and wanted to make a health change and lose weight and become healthier are like, oh, well, we have all these celebrities and now it's accept- we're accepting the fact that we're obese. Totally. It's just socially accepted now. It's it's okay. And, I think that's um, scary as hell to me, personally. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, um, is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute made slushy is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. And then, too, you know, this accessibility to a trainer or, you know, maybe a private chef, meal prep company, stuff like that. It is harder um, in lower income areas to get with- those type of services. And you can lose weight without it. Like anyone can go outside and jog or walk or hike. But if you live in an area with more accessibility like i live in san jose and there's like a press juice company every block there's a sprouts whole foods every other corner so it's easier if i wanted to go out and grab something organic or if i wanted to you know splurge for today and go take a advanced class or something i have more access to that versus some you know where here in or an in area, a rural or area just in a royal area yeah and there's just so many factors right there's almost like there's no more middle class. You either have, you're either poor or you're rich. And so just average people are just always torn in between, you know, if you have to decide of buying organic or buying something inexpensive, you may go with a cheaper, less healthier option. So I think we're just seeing that divide and split. And if you're, it's just a pattern. If you're lower income, you're going to be a more overweight. You have less resources, less accessibility. And then you have, the other half that's extremely rich and they can, they have access to everything. Like you mentioned the rock, you know, a private gym, private trainers, private chefs and all that. So it's just easier for you to maintain your health and your weight. Yeah. People are literally financially yeah. invested in keeping you healthy. Yeah. If you got yeah. the money now, yeah. when it comes to your clients, what are, what are some like the top three or like just a, a few things that, they come in often saying like you hear this trend. What is it that you hear from their lips? Oh, I'm not motivated today. Oh, motivation. Motivation is always 
And I tell people, hey, some days I'm not motivated either, but um, I'm not motivated to go to work or you're not motivated to get up and cook breakfast for your kids. But like I said, you just make it a part of your life. And I tell people, you know, you don't have to go into the gym or come into a class and kill it every single time, but it's just a part of your routine. You're going to come in and work out three days a week. Some days you go hard, some days you're not feeling it. And that's okay. You don't have to be super motivated every single time. But I ask people in every class, what's motivate, what, and I ask this in every single class, what motivated you today to come and come into this door what motivated you why are you here there was a reason maybe your reason is hey i'm gonna go have one mimosa after class and that's fine that motivated you to get here and it's motivating you to work hard but i always you have to constantly remind yourself what motivates you mm-hmm. my motivation changes changes daily weekly sometimes i'm like hey i'm just not motivated today so i start googling i find a new fitness class maybe a new gym um, maybe a new type of workout. And that helps me too. you know, in fitness, you kind of got to keep up on what's new and what's trending, but um, find something new that's going to motivate my new motivation is I'm competing again. So that got me back excited into working out. So it's a struggle. And I tell people, Hey, I, everyone struggles with that. It's not like just you. Yeah. They're you not have alone. to constantly remind yourself what's motivating you today. What's your goal? So it sounds like it's really important to remember your why. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's what that's what I'm hearing. That's a comment. That's what I'm hearing now. Um, excuse me. What are some habits we can incorporate in our daily lives to to slow or reverse this trend? Just look at what you're eating. That's a good habit. You think really? Okay. Really hold, look hold at on, what hold you're on, eating. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, <laughs> do you think if people? Okay. Let's say they couldn't afford the gym. And all this other stuff. Right. Literally just eating better would be good enough to. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's 100%. pretty. A hundred percent. If you look, really look at what you're eating. So maybe if you looked at how many calories a caramel frappuccino is, just take a look. And a lot of companies now, they put the calories like right there, pretty big underneath the name. Just really look. And then we all kind of know, you know, we should be only intaking about 2,000, 2,500 calories a day. So if you see that the caramel macchiato is 1,800 calories, just think about it. Really look when you're grabbing a candy bar, a bag of chips, when you're ordering a Big Mac. Just look. I tell people all the time, just look. Because if I almost I almost got tricked today, actually. I was oh, at really? a gym and I was getting a protein shake after the workout. And it said non-dairy ice cream. One scoop is what they put into the protein shake. So I asked, can I see the ice cream that you're putting into the smoothie? It was 22 grams of fat for one scoop. And they put two scoops in the shake. And I freaked out. Like, I was about to drink 44 grams of fat. In one. In one shake. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. So you have to look. Even fitness. Don't think just because you're getting a, you know, you're at a gym and you're getting a protein shake, you can be fooled. you got to just kind of peek at, okay, how many grams of fat am I drinking? How many grams of sugar? What's, what's the daily aware. recommendation? So you said 44 is in that That cup. would have been my whole entire daily. Mine's different right now because I'm prepping for a show, so I don't want to go over. the average person. I don't want to go over 20 grams of fat, but the average, but 40 grams of fat, you shouldn't be eating more oh, than 40 so grams you, of fat You're over the daily limit right yeah, there. That would have been over my daily limit, but just be more aware of what you're putting in your body when you okay. add up all the sugar in a Coke, 40, 46 grams of sugar. You know, just kind That's of be crazy. aware. And then how many... Cokes do you drink a day or a week? 
You gotta yeah, just that's why, be, aware, um, be cautious of what you're eating and drinking. I, I love having a soda. I only have one a day, you know, with dinner. And I, I, I specifically do a can because it controls the amount. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's done, it's done. Yeah. But I noticed that even like I love bags of chips. I get the teeny bag to kill the urge, right? But I know if I bought the bigger, I oh, always eat yeah. way more. Yeah, portion control is another thing. But if, I think just people just become more aware. If you take a peek at the back of the label and you start to realize it'll shock you, you know, how quick by lunch you've already ate, you know, double the amount of total caloric intake for the day by lunchtime. And if you're not paying attention, and it can happen so easily. A coffee and a muffin and then you add and then stress lunch, and onto it. A sandwich. Low so. self esteem and everything yeah. added onto it. It's it's a it's a yeah. recipe for disaster. Exactly. Now, uh, what are uh, some things that we should absolutely avoid doing? Like if they're obese, and you're like, dude, you need to stop, or ma'am, uh, you need to that you have to stop this. This is madness. Stop it. <laughs> What is that? I think it's going to vary person to person. Um, so something that they're continuously doing that's causing their obesity. Yeah, like give me an example that you've seen from your experience. You're like, yo, dude. The soda's a big one. I've okay. had people that tell me they drink a liter a day, and I was shocked. Like a whole liter a day? God yeah, damn. soda. Soda's a big one. I gave up soda years ago. I just don't drink it at all. But I think people aren't aware of what they're drinking. It's so easy to drink something, and then you're not full, and you don't realize... Um, the soda is a big one, smoking, alcohol, stuff like that. Okay. Everyone kind of knows it's going to aid to, you know, is, is alcohol bad or is it the way that we, the amount that we consume? You it's know what I mean? I think it's the amount, uh, the amount, mixed okay. drinks, Compliment. sugar. It's tough, but can you really just have one beer with your meal? I can just I one can, beer, but, light uh, beer. Now, what's cool is that they are catering. A lot of companies are health cautious because it, it makes them more money. They can, you can do a skinny margarita. You could do a skinny <laughs> or light beer under yeah, 100 lights, calories. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's good. But I mean, I've known people that can drink a whole six pack every single night, and I'm shocked. Like, no way. I couldn't even do that if I tried. I, I but, couldn't. I'd be knocked out for like three days. Yeah. But I'm a lightweight. Now that we talked about, you know, obesity issues, uh, some some things to avoid, etc. But let's really get down to it. How do we prevent or deal with obesity? So how do you now you're a professional personal trainer? I'm overweight. I'm trying to, you know, I feel embarrassed asking, right? I'm conscious, but I know I need someone to kind of kick me my butt. How do you find the right trainer? And what are some resources you could recommend to find a good trainer in someone's area? Um, you got to do your research. I, I definitely wouldn't go by just like how your trainer looks. Although, what? I mean, people are going to look at I'm not supposed someone. to be like. Yeah, like you don't want to pick a trainer just based, tra- off, oh, okay. <laughs> just based off of like, I want to look like that person. Uh, but um, just do your research. Do, you do know, people look. do people do that uh, with you? Yeah, I I've had people say that they it's that they want to train with me just because they like how I look, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna look exactly like me because you train with me. Like everyone's different. Totally. But just don't base it off of looks or how many Instagram followers or popularity because. You know, some of the best trainers don't even have an Instagram. You just got to do your research. You can go online. There's a, a database with NASM and ACE and a lot of the uh, personal training certification 
um, companies. You can just look people up, do your research. Okay. Um, meet your trainer. Don't just kind of buy a package right away. Meet with the person. And I'm not going to lie. It's really tough nowadays because you have wellness coaches, fitness trainers, health coaches. Um, there's so many titles now. But, um, you know, seeing it, does your trainer really have the education and experience to back mm. it up? I think experience is a good one. Okay. Experience. And then price is always going to be a factor. And How do you but, feel um, with, about, like, with all, you know, especially since COVID, like, everybody's turning into a fitness trainer expert mm -hmm. just because they got a tight butt, you yeah. know? So how do you educate these people on the differences of these titles well, I that could, you mentioned? I, honestly, I could tell right away if I'm looking at a page, like, oh, this person is phony. This is but how crap. do you communicate um, that to your potential client? I just, I tell my clients, like, if everyone could really lose weight by just wearing a waist trainer and drinking tea, like there would, I would be out of a job. So That's let's just hilarious. be realistic about it. Let's be realistic. Or I tell people, you know, if this trainer is promising that you're going to drop 20 pounds in 20 days, I always say, how long did it take for you to gain the weight? This didn't happen overnight. You know, it probably took you months and years to gain that weight. It will probably take equal, just as equally that amount of time to lose it. If it took you six months to gain 30 pounds, it's probably going to take you five to six months to lose it. Let's just be like very realistic. So if you see something that's too good to be true, it, it probably is too good to be true. Right. Okay. So there's not a magic pill. There's never been a magic pill or a magic tea or anything that's going to immediately make you lose weight. And I think it's, it's sad that a lot of people take advantage of people that don't know that. And people are, Wasting money on tea and pills and waist trainers, but you just really got to do your research. And okay. I'm always open to talk. I'm always open to giving free advice to people, even if you're not training with me. It, I give away free advice on my website. I have free meal plan, free workout program. You can download it. I tell people it's always there. It's always free. You got to download it. What's the website? It's daniellefitness.com. Oh, okay. Just curious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are some of the biggest benefits of working with a with a personal trainer? It's accountability, you know, just making that appointment, holding someone else accountable. Someone else is holding you accountable for completing that workout. But then knowledge, you know, I'm not just randomly taking you through a random workout. We're going to, you know, we're going to have a progressive program for you. So you grow and you change along with the workouts. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is really good because most people, believe it or not, they they lack structure in that case of being held accountable. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's accountability for them. I mean, I've had people that I've trained for over 10 years and it's like, they got it. Like they know what to do. And it, they just, it's booking that appointment. Me holding them accountable is what keeps them going. Oh, do you yeah. send like reminders or anything like that? For the, like yo yeah it's I mean, an hour. We got See you in an hour yeah we got google calendar now so that does a great that job okay. right to send those reminders That's right, the notifications <laughs> yeah. yeah where can people find you like by me on Instagram, Danielle Fitness, uh, website, daniellefitness.com. And again, I'm always open to give people just advice. Okay. And I don't think there's any harm in to pointing people in the right direction as far as where to start with the fitness goal. And I'm always telling, hey, all you got to do is get up and get out and try something. What makes you happy? Fitness should be fun. I'm a big fan of that. Fitness should be fun. If you're coming ever to try a, a class with me, yeah, it should be fun. I want you laughing, smiling, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, you're getting a great workout. So you should never like not look forward to going to work out. And I feel like there's a problem if it becomes a chore. 
because it should mm-hmm. be fun. You should be looking forward to your workout for the day. Yeah, we I'm all super look. excited. That's right. I got an hour to go and work out. It's my me time. Okay. I love the class. I love the instructor. I love the community of people there. I'm ready to go. It should be the highlight of your day, not the opposite. So I tell you, you got to find what's going to make it a highlight of your day. Yeah, it goes back to what you said yeah. earlier, making it part of your culture. Yeah, you a know? part of your routine, daily routine. Uh, what are you, what are some exercise programs like that you would recommend for anyone suffering from being overweight or, or obesity itself? Like, is there anything that you would recommend them looking up, say, hey, check out this? Um, there's so, so many options. I am not a stickler at the beginning. I tell people, I just want you moving, find something that makes you happy, but you don't want to stick to only one type of workout. That's very important. You can't just do spin. You can't just lift. You can't just do one thing. So you have to balance out your workout. I tell people, find a cardio workout, find a strength workout and find a core workout. A lot of people like yoga. That's great for core. It's for your mental state. If you like boxing for cardio, Awesome. Find a hit or a weight training program to get into some strength, but you want to balance. You want to complete your circle. You want strength, cardio, and core. I always tell you those are your kind of key components there just for a nice balanced workout. And that, that's only three days a week. I tell people, let's start simple. We don't have to go crazy. Pick a strength day, pick a cardio day, pick a core day. And that, that's a great start. And I think it's very reasonable to do commit to three days. You don't have to start crazy with, I'm going to work out seven days a week. Yeah. What are what is the average amount of exercise time you recommend? Uh, about forty five minutes, I think, is enough. Most people fatigue after thirty minutes. You're kind of over it and you're kind of lagging. But forty five minutes, I think, is a great time. A lot of my classes are forty five. Hey, my sessions are even forty five minutes. I tell my clients, we don't really need a whole hour. I mean, you fatigue after forty five minutes anyway, and then we're just talking. So forty five minutes. That's it. Uh, last question. Uh, believe it or not, uh, once the weight is lost. What are some ways for someone to keep it off? Because that is a struggle for somebody. I feel like most people, well, at least me, when you lose that weight, you look good, you feel good, you buy new clothes, so why would you want to retreat back, right? But um, I feel like most people would see how they looked, and that gives them a little burst of energy, like, hey, I want to maintain this. But if that becomes an issue, just reminding yourself over and over what motivated you in the first place to lose the weight. That always helps. You got to ask yourself. Well, that's why I ask it, my class for them. What motivated you today? Why are you here? Got to continuously ask yourself what motivates you and then find a motivation. What, what, most people, though, I feel like you may gain a little back, but most people you would think if I'm going to backtrack, because if you lost a lot, it's called yo-yoing. So if you lost a lot of weight really quick because you did like a really short diet and you didn't make a lifestyle change, because I want to highlight life style change if you made a lifestyle change Mm -hmm. you you wouldn't really gain it all back because fitness became a part of your life as a part of your daily routine your how you're eating was changed it just became a part of your regular life some people do really shorts and i don't recommend it like for a wedding for a trip um for photo shooters i don't know they just go on these like these binge weight loss programs a 30-day challenge and then they and then they stop right Uh so um that's easier to just go retreat back to what you were doing before. Once you made your weight go, oh, okay, I made it. I did the 30-day challenge. I'm done. And then you gain it back. That's yo-yoing. A lot of people do that. But if you decided that I'm making this a lifestyle change, then most people don't gain it back. And I think that's at the very beginning we have to establish that you're changing your life, not a moment or a short time of it. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's more than just moving. 
Yeah. It's really about a different way of living. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Danielle, what are some last minute advice you would like to share with uh, people suffering with uh, physical issues? Um, advice is find a community of people who share the same experiences. Because believe me, there's a huge group of women that suffered from postpartum depression. There's a huge group of women that possibly, you know, gained weight during pregnancy. There's a there's 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 groups out there of people that share the similar you know, issues you're having and having a community is very important and doing things together with people do It's not easy to do it alone. I don't think it's easy for anyone to do it alone. So finding other people and finding someone to talk to, I, I that's good advice. I think you, you got to find someone else, just even if it's just one other person, like a support system, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Thanks for saying that. Uh, having a support system or someone holding. So even though I did kind of do it on my own, I had my son as my support system, if you could say that. Oh, absolutely. I, did do it I my, think but uh, he was my support system. So yeah. yeah, having that is very important. So I, I always get it. I get excited. Like when couples come in to the gym or if I'm training um, sisters or brothers or just having that accountability, it's so important and having someone to support you to say, Hey, did you go to the gym today? Just having that other person or, Oh, what did you work out today? It makes a big a gym difference. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's my best advice is just finding that support system someone to share their journey with you aside from a real physical and economic impact for not only themselves but also on society as a whole we want to make room for compassion for those affected by obesity and we should also do what we can to encourage those to strive for change it's been proven time and time again that being in shape helps you to combat future serious health conditions improves your overall mood and self-esteem boosts your energy and it gives you a good reason to get up and get out the house and be more social and helps and it helps you to save money by keeping you out of the doctor's office I'm your host, Robert Silver, asking the question in each episode, Am I Crazy? by tackling the most sensitive topics of the day. Subscribe to this Am I Crazy podcast on whatever platform you listen to your favorite podcast on. And if you have any topics, comments, or opinions you think is worth discussing, please send me a message at amicrazy247 at gmail.com. That's crazy with a K. Thank you for listening.